Hey guys, Bardock here. Welcome back to the Baseball That Show. On location from the great state of Tennessee, I am leaving Nashville at the moment to head to Chattanooga, Tennessee, where I'm going to work with a few of my pitchers early this morning and then uh, spend some time with my friends David Eastman, Jim Finch, and some of their players uh, in the Chattanooga Baseball Club. So pretty pumped about that. But in this episode, I want to talk to you about an email that I received this week. Um, and if, you, if you're on our you know, our subscriber emails. Um, I've been, this week, I sent out what I call the low-velocity mechanics spotting guide. And I put three of the biggest uh, examples of low-velocity mechanics. And I put pictures of them as kind of illustrations. And the last one, I talked about um, an extreme shoulder tilt. And you could probably picture it in your head. I'll, I'll put the picture, I guess, on one of the pages or something. But um, basically, it's when you see a kid who's kind of tilted back, shoulders are tilted back, the arms are kind of spread wide. I call it the spread. And then and and their front leg is kind of kicked out, right? So it's almost like they're in this star position. And so uh, I got a reply from this guy who said, don't tell that to so-and-so. I forget the kid's name. He was used as an example. So don't tell that to so-and-so, uh, a midweek starter for Miami University who tops out at 92. And he put a picture of the kid in the exact position. Now, before I get into this, I want to make it clear. I I I'm not criticizing the player in any way, in any way. And I'm not even criticizing the guy who sent this to me. What I am going to criticize and, and really aggressively criticize is the thinking because it's the premise. It's, it's the premise of this thought that just destroys pitchers, destroys pitchers. So what he was basically saying was, don't tell this kid he has low velocity mechanics. He throws 92. Now, there's a few problems with the way he's going after it is number one is He's assuming that it's because of his mechanics that he's able to throw so hard. So I would completely disagree. I would argue vehemently that it is his genetic ability that is causing him to throw 92 miles an hour. Now, some might say, well, he is throwing hard, and those are his mechanics. So wouldn't, why would they be low-velocity mechanics? Well, it's all in context and comparison and perspective, right? So he's, he's throwing with a high velocity because of his genetic ability, because his mechanics are not sound. Now, he's throwing 92 compared to what? So 92 compared to most pitchers in the world is high velocity, right? Most of us would be thrilled to be able to throw 92 miles per hour. And so the problem becomes, and this is, I think, a problem also, too, with modern pitching instruction, is they look at how hard throwers throw, and they're, they're just kind of looking at the similarities of hard throwers. But I'm not looking for similarities among hard throwers. First of all, I would look for similarities among people who threw hard for a really long time, because health is a major part of, obviously, a long career at any level. But... What I'm always saying is, as compared to what? So as compared to 99% of the pitchers in the world, does this kid throw hard? Yes. But that's not what's important. And at the crux of what I do in my coaching is I'm trying to maximize that pitcher's potential. So I will tell you, without a doubt, argue it, defend it, happy to debate it anytime. 
is yes, that kid is throwing 92, and that is really hard compared to everybody else. But it is not very hard compared to his potential. Because I could promise you, if that kid changed his mechanics and he was in a better position, he easily has three miles per hour. Easily. Easily. Not only does he have an increase in velocity, he's got a decrease in stress and a lower risk of injury if he were to switch. Now, I hate this part of what I do, but this is one of those ones where I have to kind of look beyond the individual, and I've got to say that, hey, you know, um, uh, we have to look at the bigger picture. So I'm going to follow this kid, and I promise you, in the next two or three years, this kid will have an elbow blowout. There will be something that will derail this kid's career. Um, I hate to say that. I don't want that to happen. Certainly, it's something that if the kid came to me, I'd help him with. So there's so his potential is probably 98, 99 miles per hour. So as compared to his potential, I don't think he's throwing very hard at all. And that is the problem, is that we're looking at these common denominators of, of high vol of just radar gun readings. What are the top radar gun reading pitchers doing? But that's only compared to other people, not compared to what their potential is. So I don't want a pitcher who is a 98, 99, or 100 mile an hour pitcher, I don't want that pitcher throwing 92, not for a day. If, if I have a 75 mile an hour pitcher who is an 80 mile an hour pitcher, I want him to squeeze everything out of his potential. So the mistake comes when, a, when, when somebody looks at a pitcher like that and says he throws hard. So those must be high velocity mechanics, wrong. He throws hard because of his genetic ability. And when you, when you take genetic ability and you match it with skill of the game, that's when you have max, you have max potential. If you don't match, to, if you just have genetic ability, that will take you far. And this kid was blessed with some genetic ability. But it's not going to take him all the way. I promise you. I promise you. And I will make an update to this. That kid will have an injury. Now, here's another problem that we face we face today is that most of the time kids kids who throw hard early in their career and have some success tend not to get coached because very few people want to mess with somebody who's throwing hard they don't want to be the person that makes a change and all of a sudden the kid stops stops throwing well and colleges uh, i have more college kids come to me in the last few years than in my entire career combined because as college pitching coaches i'm sorry as college pitching staffs increase in size they haven't increased the number of pitching coaches or the allotted time that the ncaa will allow they are getting next to no coaching at the college level and so you have a pitcher here who is probably a 96 97 98 at least bear i would bet the house on that and he's probably not getting any coaching he's probably just getting run out there and quite honestly because at the college level um if that kid blows out that school will move on School will move on. They'll get somebody else. There's lots of guys who throw 92. They will move on. They will, they will, as quickly as you can imagine, they will move on. And I think it's something that's not being talked enough, uh, uh, talked about enough today is the lack of coaching and the lack of development on the college level. There's a lot of reasons to that. I think the pressure put on college programs to win is really ridiculous. Baseball is not a sport like football or basketball where you can recruit a few key players and, and those few key players could touch the ball all the time. Baseball is not a sport like that. You, you could report, you could, you could recruit the number one pitcher and the number one hitter in, in the country to your team and, and have a losing team. Hence the angels, right? Look at what the angels have and they can't seem to win. So baseball is not a sport that you can demand and put pressures on a coach to win like that. But nevertheless, schools are, 
And so schools are not in the business of development. And I think it's a huge misunderstanding amongst parents when recruiting comes is that colleges, it is not in their job description to develop players. It is in their job description to win games, run a representative program. That's it. They're not there to develop kids, give kids a chance, get kids drafted. It's great if they do, and it's great if kids do get drafted. It's good for them. But ultimately, if they win the national championship and they're in the College World Series every other year and they don't get a single kid drafted and not a single kid gets better in their program, they're going to get a raise and a contract. And that's the realities of it. So when you have a kid like this, when someone says, well, don't tell this to this kid who's throwing 92, I would say, well, this is a kid who has not been given proper instruction because he's a 96, 97, 98, or maybe even more at best. He's at a, a high risk of injury. And we have people out there that are looking at radar gun statistics, not looking at this kid is a genetically gifted kid, high genetically gifted, low skill. And that is going to cost him in performance and injury. So when I look at these factors, that's how I, that's how I look at them. So I, I'm not afraid to say that a kid throwing 92 has low velocity mechanics, is not getting the most of his potential, is at an extremely high risk of injury. So um, I'm pulling over here because I have to, I have to pee. So I pulled into uh, the rest area here <laughs> to go pee and get coffee. And uh, that will be the, the end of today's episode. Um, and uh, I will see you guys on the next episode. And certainly, if, if you want me to help um, your son, uh, my phone number and email are in the show notes. All right, guys. Talk to you next on the next episode.